Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, we finally done it. This is part number seven in the series entitled Carefree, and it is the concluding message. Today's subtitle is He Hears Me, part number four. Grab a hold of that. This is part four of He Hears Me in the series titled Carefree, part number seven. Yeah, I know. Well, to hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can hear today's message and so much more. And don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel because on the YouTube channel, you get to watch all the messages in this series. It's wonderful. And we had a ball. The Lord moved mightily. So I want you to take hold of it and watch it and be blessed as well and richly encouraged. All right, without any further ado, here he is. He hears me part number four in the series entitled Carefree, part number seven, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Yes. And all the men and women of God in the house, we honor you and celebrate you today in Jesus' mighty name. All right. Well, as you know, we have been in a series now uh, for actually the past six weeks. This is actually the seventh part in the series. And the series entitled, anybody remember? Uh Uh-huh. The series is actually Carefree. The sub-series is He Hears Me. Yes. Uh, We started on uh, He Hears Me. It was meant to be one message, but it keeps rolling on and on and on. We're in part four of that, so we're going to continue in that today of He Hears Me. So the broad title of the series is Carefree. And uh, we're in the sub-series entitled He Hears Me, and this is part number four. If you haven't heard parts, all the other parts, go to our website, kingdomrock.org, or see if we have some parts there, uh, CDs at the media table, and get them there free of charge so that you can uh, catch up with us, okay? All right, uh, we'll, we're going to go ahead and go in the series now. Uh, our goal for the series uh, is to unmask, unmask worry, gain power over it, get delivered from it, and walk in a carefree, focused life in Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. We also have an opening statement we've been making for the entire series. Now, remember, we're doing this so that uh, you'll know what's at the end of the road, where God is taking you. He's taking you to a carefree, focused life in Christ. Because remember, when you are frustrated, aggravated, confused, and you're just downright angry all the time, this is, this is hurting you. This is hurting your Christian walk. It's hurting your family. When we can't deal with these things, these worries, these fears. And so Jesus said, I've come to deliver you from that. And you and I are meant to live a carefree life in Christ Jesus. Amen? All right. Opening statements. We don't worry because of ignorance, cowardice, laziness, or because of uh, irresponsibility. We don't worry because we have done all that we can do. Uh, to stand, and we've chosen to leave the rest in the master's capable hands. We don't worry because we've trusted in the greater one, and with him on our side, we know the battle has already been won. Amen? Amen. Our motivating scripture here is in Matthew, the 11th chapter. We should probably be able to quote it by memory now. Matthew 11, chapter, verses 28 through 30, and it says, out of the King James Version, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find what? Rest Rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is? 
My burden is light. Now, that, of course, takes us over now to Philippians, the fourth chapter. Oh, you ready to take off now? Yes, Philippians, the fourth chapter. And we're going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 9 out of the King James Version, and it goes like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say what? Yes. Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. That is, don't worry about anything. Don't be overcome with worries, cares, and anxieties. Remember, that's a command. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have, have what? Both learned, received, and heard, and seen in me do. And the result is what? And the God of peace shall be with you. Hallelujah. Now, we also gave you these statements before, and I want to just it, I keep, hearing this in my, keep hearing this in my spirit. And I want to bring this back to you. Remember that private cursing and gossiping will only hurt you. Going home and letting it fly only hurts you. Remaining angry will only hurt you. Say, I don't know. If I get angry enough, I'm going to hurt somebody. But it really hurts you. Are you hearing? Constant complaining. There's that word. We got it this week. Constant complaining will only produce more pain. Let me say that again. Constant complaining will only produce more pain. Let me say that again. Constant complaining will only produce more pain. Remember, the complaining is a sign that something else is going on. It's like pain in your body. We can continue to drug it up, continue to put more Tylenol, Advil, or whatever it is, and make the pain go away, but it keeps coming back because something is wrong. You're complaining because you're dissatisfied with something. And it's not going to go away until we deal with it. I can't get no talk in here. Constantly speaking negatively about yourself, your family, or your situation will only produce more pain. Ooh, Brother Richard, you see how people are looking at me now. Are you hearing? Now remember, unspoken positive words and speaking negatively will produce about the same results. Because we're living in a fallen world, everything in our society is coming against you. It's telling you you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough. Everything around us is coming against you because the, the Bible says that the devil is the god of this world, system. He doesn't own it. He has the lease, so to speak, and we can talk about that later, how, the, how Adam and Eve give, gave the lease over to the enemy. Remember, the, remember the, the conversation that the Lord Jesus had with Satan there on the mountain temptation? He offered, Satan offered Jesus the world. He said, I can give this to you because this was delivered unto me. It was delivered unto him through Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve released it to him when they sinned. 
And so now Satan, the uh, demonic, is uh, the god of this world system. That's why this world system is fallen. It would take you a whole lot more time to build something, but only take seconds to tear it down. It could take you a lifetime to build a good reputation and only one scandal to tear it straight down. That's a fallen system. Are you hearing? And so this whole system is fighting against you. And so if we refuse or we don't say uh, the word of God, don't declare the word of God over our lives, we'll simply be consumed by what's already down here. That makes sense? So this is why I gave you uh, last week these uh, confession cards. It's so important for you to declare the word of God over your life. It's so important for you to do that. So I pray that you took these home, and I think we still have some more on the table, and uh, that you declare these over your life, that you begin to speak what God is saying about you. It's important that you speak his word over your life. I'm telling you, it's important that you speak his word over your life. Hallelujah. Because you're hearing a lot of bad stuff. And you're even saying, some of us are even saying bad stuff about ourselves. But we need to say what God is saying. Because this word brings freedom. Amen? Amen. So, last week we gave you uh, two confessions that we spoke uh, in uh, and during service. Confession number one was, and let's read this together. Ready? Let's go. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, I have been made perfect and I am being made holy and sanctified unto God. Oh, I love that. Y'all read that so well. I have been made perfect and I am being made holy and sanctified unto God. Right away, your flesh will reject that. But according to Hebrews 10, that's reality. Are you hearing? We went to another confession, number two. Let's bring that one up. Let's read that together. Let's go. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, I will boldly and confidently go before the throne of grace, and I will find the help that I need. That's also true reality. Are you hearing? So unless you declare these things over your life, unless you declare what God said about you, you'll find your life just drifting backwards. Drifting backwards. Okay? Now, there is a, con- there is a consistent and constant uh, assault against you and assault against your family. It's, there's a war raging right now. And if you're not picking up your tools and fighting, then you're being overcome. Hallelujah. All right. So we went to also talking about the how to, how to be uh, carefree. And we find this also in the book of Philippians. It says here, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Now, this is the how to remember April and I were here on last week and she did such a great job. Did she do a great job? Let's give Lord a hand of praise for her once again. Such a great job demonstrating. So we talked about that now Philippians, I'm sorry, uh, Ephesians, uh, rather, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16, 5 through uh, 18 says this, or rather, 5th chapter, 16 through 18, it says this, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now we make note of this as well, God does not say uh, to give thanks for everything, he says you can give thanks in everything. I don't have to give thanks for uh, the pain in my body or for the sickness, but while I'm in that, there is something I can praise God for. Amen. Amen. 
You say, I, you say uh, uh, well, Lord, why would I praise you? I need some new shoes. Well, when you see a man with no feet, you'll find the reason uh, to praise God. There's someone in a worse situation that you're in. So in your bad situation now, before deliverance comes, and deliverance will come. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Trouble won't last always. <laughs> Hallelujah. The storm won't last always. Hallelujah. But in this time, this is a valuable time for you to give God praise right here, right where you are, right there in the fiery furnace. While all this stuff is going on around you, it seems like everybody's against you. Right here is a valuable time to give him praise because anybody can praise him on the mountaintop. Anybody can praise him when you got plenty of money. Anybody can praise him when you got so many friends. But can you praise him when all this other stuff is going around you and you're in a fiery furnace and you're there with these lions and, and people are talking about you and cursing you and, and, and gossiping about you and talking about you like you're a dog. Amen. Can the praise of God ring out? That's valuable time. That's that sacrifice of praise that you can only give when you're under. Amen? So you say, Pastor, I'm still in it. Good. Praise God in it. Hallelujah. Praise God in it. This is valuable time because in just a little while, the situation is going to change. It's going to change. You'll be back up on top again. Praise God. Everybody will have their time in the valley and everybody will have their time on the mountaintop in just a little while. But it's important for you to give God praise. I mean, really pour it on in the valley. Really pour it on in the valley. Hallelujah. Really exalt him in the valley. Because the more you praise him in the valley, the more power you'll have on the mountaintop. Hallelujah. Are you hearing? So he says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And we said as well that it is important for us to it is important for us to begin and end our communion time with God with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving and praise. It's important. It's important. I'm going to show you how important as we move on today. Look at Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. Oh, I could shout, hallelujah. Oh, I feel like waking up the dead. Praise the Lord. Pull up your pants. There we go. Are you ready? Oh, that leg is going again. <laughs> Jesus, praise the Lord. Let's go Psalm 100, verse 1 through 5. Listen how it reads. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye what? All ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Singing. Come before his presence with singing. Verse number 3, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that have made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now, verse 3 talks about responsibility and ownership. God said, I made you. I'm responsible for you. Glory, glory, glory. The maker is always responsible for the made thing. He said, we're the sheep of his pasture. That means he, he, he expects to give you care. And we are expected to allow him to care for us. Hallelujah. We are dependent upon the Lord. Say with me, I'm dependent upon the Lord. You know, that's the way we were created to be. We were created to be dependent upon God. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden, what did they do? They created an independent spirit saying, God, we can do it ourselves now. 
I know what you said, not to eat this and that and the other, but we can take matters in our own hand. We have it. We've got this. That created that independent, sinful spirit. But in the beginning, man was dependent, solely dependent upon God. Hallelujah. And this was the same pattern that he led the children of Israel uh, through there in the wilderness, giving, feeding them manna. Every day they had fresh manna. Every day because he wanted them to be once again dependent upon him. Hallelujah. And he gives us this, this illustration of the shepherd and the sheep because the sheep are always dependent upon the shepherd. That's the place where we're meant to be. Hallelujah. That's the place of power when we're dependent upon our father for our provisions and for the wisdom that you need in your life. Are you hearing? And then he leads you where you need to go. He gives you the wisdom and an insight in the direction, everything that you need. Look at verse number four. It says, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And into his court with what? With praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Now, verse four talks about due order. He says, enter his gates with, which means there is a way that God wants you to come in. There are specific things that God wants us to do. Now, notice the Bible says, enter whose gates? Whose gates? Whose gates? Look at there. Gates talks about a border or a boundary. A border or boundary. Now, we live in the natural realm. The Bible says that God is spirit. So there is a boundary between the natural and the spirit. And who put the gates there? He did. These are his gates. These are his boundaries. And God said, if you want to talk to me, come before me with thanksgiving. Enter in these boundaries. Break through the, break through the confines of this natural world to come to me in prayer. You got to come with thanksgiving. Amen. I've heard people say over the years, it feels like my prayer just hitting the ceiling, not going above the ceiling. In other words, you haven't broken through the gates. You haven't broken through the gates. You haven't come through the gates. The gates are still locked. You open the gates with what? With your thanksgiving. You want to get through to give prayer to the Father? Then go through with thanksgiving. Mealy-mouthing, belly-aching, and complaining, and whiling, and, and murmuring won't open the gates. There is a prescribed way of getting into God's presence. We can't just serve the Lord the way we want to. Are you hearing? There was a prescribed way in building the ark of God. God didn't tell Noah, just put something together. He gave them exactly what to do in building the tabernacle and building the ark of the covenant, specific instructions on how to do it. And there's a a specific way of us getting into the presence of the Lord. We have to do it his way. Amen. Amen. We come before his presence with singing and thanksgiving and praise. That's the way he wants it. So give it to him. Amen. Amen. Turn to name and tell him we got to do it the way he says. If you, want, if you want him to give you what you want, you got to do what he says. Does that make sense? I'm trying to tell you how to get your prayer answered, how to, how to get an audience with God. Amen? All right, so and Psalm, 90, Psalm 95 verse 2 says, let us come before his presence with what? Thanksgiving. There it is again, right? Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him uh, with psalms. Isn't that wonderful? 
So we talked about a lot of that stuff, and we talked, I, have a, I had a diagram. Uh, let's bring that picture up here. We had a diagram last week, as we said here, how the Lord said that um, uh, in everything, give, um, give thanks for this, the will of God concerning you. But it said also in uh, Philippians, let's go back for a second. You can keep that on the screen there. Uh, Philippians says that in verse number six, it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer, uh, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So we have to move with prayer. As you're praying, be thankful unto him. When you're asking him supplication, when you're asking him for the things that you need, be thankful unto him. This is the order that God has set. He likes to be thanked. This is the order, this is the order. And your thankfulness really uh, talks about the level of your faith concerning him. So remember that um, when, you, when you work this order, when you go the way he does, when you, when you do it the way he says it, you'll receive a confirmation in your spirit that God has heard your prayer. That confirmation is called peace, the peace of God, the peace of God. This peace, when it comes on you, tells you that the Lord has heard your request and your answers on the way. Just like you're making, um, uh, you're making an online purchase from Amazon or, or whoever, anybody have done it before, Re- order something online, they gave you an email confirmation and a number letting you know that it's on the way. God's peace is that confirmation email, let you know, I've heard you, son, I've heard you, daughter. Many times we have prayed but haven't received the peace. One reason, because we didn't stay in prayer. Remember, there are two separate things, prayer and supplication. Remember? Prayer is your time of communion, communing with God. You're spending time with him. You're confessing your sins. You're getting forgiveness of your sins. You're getting healing. You're getting deliverance. You're just, you're just talking with him. Before asking takes place, you're communing with him. You leave this place with thanksgiving, and then you go and you make your request be made known unto him. Then you talk about the bills. Then you talk about all this other stuff. And if we do this thing correctly, the way that he says, on the other side of that, you'll have the peace of God. Peace of God is your confirmation that the Father has heard you and that everything's going to be just fine. Amen? Amen. All right, now, let's go um, go to some results here. Are y'all still with me today? Let your request be made known unto, it says, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And this is where we want to start today, and uh, speaking again from this subtitle here of, of God, or rather, guarded by peace. The Lord will guard your heart with peace. Say with me, the Lord, the Lord will guard my heart, heart. With, peace. with peace. Now, the word peace is um, a state of national tranquility. In other words, nobody's coming after you. No enemy is threatening you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout peace. Peace Peace also means uh, peace between individuals. In particular here, peace between you and God. When there is peace between you and the Father, who cares about everything else? If God is for you, who can be against you? Are you hearing? And you have peace with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But you have to declare that peace over and over and over again because everything else is telling you that you're no good. But God said, remember according to Hebrews 10, that he has made you perfect and you are being made holy. Are you hearing? 
Now, let's look at Colossians. I want you to see something here. Colossians, the third chapter, verses 12 through 15. And it says this. It says, um, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Verse 13, forbearing one another and, uh, and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. That's a big thing. God says, I want you to forgive your neighbor the same way that I forgave you. That's a lot of forgiveness, CJ. Here again, doing it his way. Are you hearing? Verse 14 says, and above all, uh, these things uh, put on charity, or that is love, which is the bond of, of per- perfectness. Verse 15, and let the what peace of God rule in your heart, uh, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye what? Thankful. Thankful. There it is again. There it is again. He said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Now, the word rule here means to direct, control, and be an umpire. In other words, the peace of God in your heart, you have to allow this to happen. He said, let the peace of God rule. Say with me, let the peace of God rule. Okay? Now, when his peace is ruling in your heart, remember the word rule here talks about being an umpire. Right? Uh, someone comes up to you and with some bad news or whatever, if the peace of God is an umpire, he'll say, you know, out! You know, he's the umpire. Uh, there's a, maybe there's an opportunity that comes your way. Save! I mean, save, I would do it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> save! I think this is out! And Save! It is a peace of God that is being the umpire that is ruling your heart. When you're about to get, how many of you have ever gone into a situation that go, and going into it, you felt, oh, this is not good. This is, this is not good. What was happening? You were losing your peace. But some of us went past that and did it anyway. Did it ever turn out well? Going into it, we know, oh boy, mm, I don't have peace about this. I don't have peace. I don't have peace about this. Let the peace of God rule your heart. In other words, be guided, be directed by the peace. And this is actually the peace of Christ that we're talking about here. Let his peace rule you. Let him control and direct your life through his peace. Keep your peace. Let me tell you now, one of the most valuable things in this life is peace. You can have a lot of money and have no peace. What good is it to you? Are you hearing? Peace. Say with me, Lord, give me peace. You need peace. Peace will allow you to sleep at night. Peace. Peace. It's a sad thing when we, when many can find, I met with many men uh, that they can't find peace at home, so they, they find peace at work and other places. And the wife says to me, oh, why won't he come home? Because there's no peace for him at home. And so he spends longer and longer and longer being out and only comes back in when it's late because he doesn't, hasn't found any peace. You should always have peace at home if you have peace nowhere else. Are you hearing? So let's strive to have a, a peaceful home. 
And that's because we have it through Christ Jesus. Now look at this in um, Colossians 3.15, again, uh, the Amplified Bible. It says this, let the peace of Christ, uh, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor in your heart, deciding and setting, um, rather, and settling questions that arise. Isn't that something? To this peace, indeed, you, are, you were called as members uh, in one body of believers, and be thankful to God always. This, again, is the peace of Christ. Jesus has given you peace, and I'm going to show that to you shortly. Jesus has given you peace. Jesus himself has given you peace. Where did this peace come from? Well, if we go to Isaiah, Isaiah 53, you remember the scripture? Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, out of the King James Version, verse number five says this, but he was wounded for our what? Transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Let's read this part together. Ready? Let's go. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now, this brings it, let me bring this a little bit closer to you by looking at the same verse out of the um, God's Word translation. This is how it reads. He was wounded for our rebellious acts. He was crushed for our sins. He was punished so that we could have what? Peace. And we received healing from his wounds. Jesus was punished. He was beat so that you could have peace. You tell me that God doesn't want you to have peace? He was punished. He took the punishment that enabled you to have peace. Isn't that something? Now look at this directly in uh, John 14. Let me bring it even closer to you. Are you ready, Richard? John 14, look at this. It says, the Lord Jesus speaking, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give uh, to you as the world gives. Uh, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. The Lord said, I give you peace. Who's he talking to? His disciples, his followers, those that believe in him. So if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you believe in Jesus, you've got his peace. You've got his peace. Now that peace may be suppressed by a lot of cares and worries and frustration, but it's there. It's like that ragu sauce. It's in there. It's in there. The peace of Christ is here. Say with me, the peace of Christ is in here. If you have it, if you're a born-again believer, God's peace is in you. Now, I want to show you what it looks like. I want to show you what his peace looks like. And usually, or I would say fortunately or, or unfortunately, I'm not sure which one right now, the best place to see his peace is in times of calamity. The best place to see it. Really, it is there. And uh, we can look at it as far as the three Hebrew boys walking in that fiery furnace. They were walking, not running. Oh! <laughs> you know, like the Home Alone kid. Oh! You know, all that. They're walking in the midst of the fiery furnace at peace. Daniel, of course, sleeping in the lion's den at peace. 
The children of Israel, I love this in 2 Chronicles, the uh, 20th chapter, when five kings came, uh, came against them with enemy armies, and uh, the children of Israel did not have any way to defend themselves, really. They couldn't do anything against that number. God said, don't worry, you won't need to fight in this. They said, yes, Lord. They got the words. What did they do? They sent the praise team out in front of the army. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. They sent the anointed sisters of praise out in front of the army. Praise the Lord. And they went out, and they sang, and as they sang, uh, the enemy army began to fight among themselves and destroyed themselves. Isn't that something? They were at peace. When you can sing, you're at peace. Are you hearing? And I love this in Acts, the 12th chapter. We'll get this little verse here. Acts, the 12th chapter, you'll find that um, they had just killed James, and uh, they fought hey, let's kill Peter too. Why not? But on the night before his execution, what do we find him doing? Uh, Acts 12, chapter, verse number 6, it says, and when Herod uh, would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was what? Sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. He was sleeping. On the day before you're about to die, executed, so much peace that you're able to sleep. And one of the greatest things that we can see here, as Gordon just said earlier, is peace in the midst of a storm. In Mark the, in Mark the fourth chapter, we, we'll take time to read this. Mark the fourth chapter. Y'all with me today? Mark the fourth chapter. Let's look at this in verse number 37 through uh, 41. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship doing what? Asleep. Asleep on a pillow. And they wake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou that we perish? Now here's another example too. There are times when you can have so much peace that you're resting and everyone around you is freaking out. The peace of God. You can clearly see it here in time of trouble. Verse number 39, it says, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now notice something here, that when the peace of God rules in your life, you can also release it. This is what Jesus did here. He released peace. Peace be still. Peace be still. When you have peace and are laboring in peace, you can go around someone that is frustrated and upset and you remain at peace. They'll draw from the peace that's within you. By the same token, if you're all, ah, ah what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And somebody comes in, after all, they're, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, what are we going to do? It can be transferable. Jesus released the peace. And this is what you and I are meant to do. Release peace. Remember, he told his disciples, before you go into a house, I want you to say, peace be unto this house. Release peace. This world needs peace. Release the peace. Which brings us to our third confession, are y'all with me today? Yes. Are we doing pretty good today? Yes. Third confession. You ready to read with me? He said, 
I have the peace of Christ, and it operates fully in my life. It is my umpire. My life is directed, controlled, and ruled by it. And here are confirming verses here. You see what I'm saying? When you confess these words before you, when you confess it out of your mouth, it begins to get in your heart. Remember, the word of God is like a seed, and you plant it in the rich, fertile ground of your heart. And the more you confess it, the more that word becomes alive in you. Are you hearing? This is your inheritance. Now, we can begin to wrap this thing up today. Oh, thank you, Lord. This is so thrilling. Now, as we go back, go back in your Bibles. Now, I want you to see something. It says, says, um, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes, passive, all understanding shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Now, let me give you this quickly in a nutshell. The word passes here, you see on the screen, the word passes here means to have or hold over one. It means to stand out. Listen, I pray you get this, please. Don't let this slip. It also means be superior in rank, uh, authority, power. God's peace is superior in authority or rank. All right? And the peace of God, which passive all understanding. All understanding. What understanding? Understanding here talks about our grip on our reality. What we think is true and correct. All right? Our grip on things. We feel pain and say we must be sick. We um, see our bank account and say we must be broke. Uh, We see the circumstances um, and we say it must be this way because of how we can interact with it. Remember, um, our sight, touch, taste, smell, all of these things has to do with your soulish realm, has to do with your understanding. We see it and we say, well, that must be it. But the Bible says that in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, here it comes, and the peace of God, which passeth, in other words, which overrules or has authority over your understanding, it will begin to keep or guard your heart and mind. Which means no matter what's going on, why was Jesus able to sleep? Because the peace of God had more authority over what he was seeing at the moment. The peace of God has more authority over what you're feeling at the moment. It can overrule your circumstances. Now remember the peace of God is spirit. God is spirit. So it's going to affect you spiritually first, and then it goes down into your soul, and then it will affect your body. The peace of God will come. The peace of God will come. Are you hearing me? His peace will overrule the circumstantial situations, but you've got to declare it. I pray that I pray that's simple to you. I pray you that you're really getting to that. His peace will overrule. Overrule. Remember, let the peace of God be that umpire. That umpire. God can say, the doctor says one thing, but Jesus can say, no, that's not it. Have peace. Be well. Are you hearing? Now, let's just do one more here. And John, you may not have it. John 14, John 14, and uh, verse number one through three. You may not have it on the screen, but let me tell you this, and then we're going to close out for the day. Jesus says, John 14, verses one through three, it says, let your heart, yeah, sorry, let not your heart be troubled. 
Ye believe in God, believe also in me. We could really stop there for a moment. He said, let not your heart be troubled. And what a fitting verse to end this series because we're ending it right now. The Lord says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So Jesus said, don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. He said, in this world, you're going to find a a lot of distress, a lot of calamities, a lot of things going wrong. He said, but uh, be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. The Bible says that many of the afflictions of the righteous, many of the troubles of the righteous, but don't worry, God delivers them from them all. Are you hearing? You can live a carefree life. You can live a life without worry and stress, but it's going to take something. You can't just sit down and do nothing. You have to declare the word of God over your life, constantly declare his word, maybe morning, noon, and night. Declare the word of God until it gets inside of you till you begin to see the manifestation of what you've you've been saying. God's will for your life is for that that you would live abundantly, have an abundant life, an abundant life, and a life of worry, care, always stressed out, always aggravated, always angry at somebody, always upset, always offended. That's not the life that Jesus wants for you. That's not what he wants for you. That's not God's desire for your life. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be troubled. You believe in God? Also believe in him. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done there in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. 